hope you're well. Um, I am popping in here on a Monday morning, trying to get this, uh, my thoughts down, um, <laughs> recorded before they start construction outside my house. So I'm sorry if this is a little bit rushed, uh, but the <laughs> it's been really loud uh, the past couple weeks. I um, just wanted to pop on here today and talk a little bit about Tradition 8, um, which is, again, um, I find the traditions really interesting. I, I never really um, thought about them when I first entered Al-Anon, uh, but again, I, I kind of think of them as somebody explained it to me as that the steps are about reforming ourselves and changing ourselves. The traditions are how we function as a group. And then um, the concepts are for how we interact with the world. And right now I'm thinking about Tradition 8, which is not a sexy one. (laughs) Al-Anon's 12th step work should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. So now, before I begin, I just want to have a caveat and say I am not representing Al-Anon. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience on my... Uh, path to recovery. And so as always, you should take what you like and leave the rest. And I really find making to be um, an interesting way to kind of think through how these steps and traditions and concepts can apply to my life. And I'm thinking about tradition eight because I am, I find something really relieving about being non-professional. Uh, both in terms of this podcast and also in terms of my making. And I know that there's lots of emphasis out there on monetizing your hustle, and I am very much in support of finding work that is rewarding. And I'm lucky enough to have a career that is rewarding in that way and is creative. But I, I know in my own journey with reading... Um, I, I teach and I love to read and there was a period of time when I was starting out in my career where um, the fact that it was aligned with work made it very um, hard to enjoy it in off hours and I know lots of people talk about that and that's not really my point right now because my making is very much non-professional <laughs> um, which is why uh, partly why I'm thinking about this today um, is that you know I had a knitting mishap um, and I'll talk about that in a minute um, but I also want to think through the second piece of this which is that our service centers may employ special workers and when I first got to Al-Anon special workers was one of those weird terms that it took me a while to figure out what people meant and usually when I say special workers in a meeting in my shares it means my therapist <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I, I sort of get the, um, I, I like the community dynamic and I'm, I'm all for using the, the specialized terms, but I'm thinking about special workers in other ways as well. So I had a Sunday y'all, I really got a lot done, but there were some mishaps and it reminded me not only that my work should remain <laughs> forever non-professional, um, that there, you know, again, that, that, that not everything needs to be DIY. <laughs> and the three things that I'm thinking about here is haircuts, <laughs> um, electronic repair, and designing. So I'll start um, with the most obvious. I tried to give my son a haircut, and he just wants a shaved haircut. Like, he just wants his head shaved. And 
even that was beyond my skill set. And, you know, my one of my friends sort of looked at me um, on FaceTime askance when I said I was going to order these clippers and do it. And I was so convinced, you know, I watched YouTube's videos about how to do a fade. And oh, my God, it is a nightmare. And so I'm going to try and correct it today. But um, it was a good reminder that there are people who are highly skilled at this, highly trained. And I should perhaps employ special workers for this instance. And of course, you know, this is challenging times and I don't want to needlessly expose my family if I if I don't have to. Um, but haircuts might be one of those reasons why. I know that we, we may be on, um, you know, everybody's own personal risk should be taken into account for that. But um, oh, my poor son and his hair. Ugh. Anyway, so that was the first lesson in humility and um, appreciation for all the skilled professional workers out there and how it might be that I can help them support themselves by recognizing my limits in my own uh, DIY journey. <laughs> and then the second one has to do with electronic repair. And I'm not quite sure yet where I'm at on this. So um, I inherited a really fantastic vintage Husqvarna um, like 1978 sewing machine. Oh, and it is awesome. And I have, you know, I love my vintage sewing machine, but this one is even dreamier. However, it's stuck in reverse. And so I went online to YouTube and tried some things. And at one point in time, it started smoking <laughs> from the, the outlet <laughs> um, connection to the sewing machine, not to the wall. So of course, I um, quickly stopped that and realized that perhaps if I want to invest in this machine, then I need to find a service technician who can help me restore it to its former glory. And that again, hubris, um, I need to set aside my pride and recognize that some things will take a lot more than just a few learning uh, YouTube videos to actually apply. Or that, you know, knowing something and being able to execute it physically, of course, is a different set of skills. So that was also very humbling. So that was number two yesterday, all in the same day, mind you. And then the third one um, is my careless cardigan, which if you might recall, if you've listened before, hello, welcome back. If you have, I've been trying to deconstruct or reverse engineer a pattern. I think it's from Wool and the Gang that they only sell as a kit and I don't need the yarn. I have yarn that I wanted to use. And so I've been trying to reverse engineer it and I finished the first portion of it and it's knit sideways so it's been a really fun learning curve and I really enjoyed the process and I really like working with this yarn and so I got to a point where I seamed it all up so that I could try it on because it's again knit sideways so you're sort of making a very strangely shaped object and it doesn't really look like a sweater until you fold it in half and sew the side seams and I did that and the sleeves are way too long and weird and I'm just not feeling it <laughs> and I'm not quite sure how to fix it or even if it's worth fixing and that's one of the things that I'll probably you know again I want to talk about at a different point in time when we hit these roadblocks and how do we handle them and you know I talked a little bit about that last week but right now I'm just not feeling this and I'm, I'm glad I went through the process of trying to work this out it was a really relaxing and interesting knit and I'm I'm sad it's not wearable or or you know 
not wearable yet. I might try and finish the bottom part. It's kind of has a peplum bottom. So I might pick up stitches and sort of see with more length, do I like the look more? Because right now it's looking very um, weirdly witchy. <laughs> it's, I don't know, the rayon's kind of shiny and the sleeves are sort of belling out and I feel a little bit like, um, not witchy in a cool Stevie Nicks way, but witchy in like a bad... Um, like after school special kind of occult warning, like the people who are in the background of that <laughs> does not look good. And it's reminding me that designers are um, amazing and I should pay them for their skill and time in making patterns that I can apply and have success with. And so that's sort of where I'm at lightheartedly today about tradition eight, which is recognizing when I need to employ special workers, which is, of course, about knowing my limits and knowing and valuing um, what I want to have achieved and not trying to find shortcuts and really putting the money in the in the, the effort into finding someone who's specialized and can help. And, um, you know, I think sometimes with this disease of alcoholism as a family disease, we get so used to trying to solve our own problems in a cloister and sort of hiding things because we're not sharing openly what's happening or we have so much shame that it saturates every aspect of our life and we think that we should be able to do everything and we should be able to do everything at a professional level and that's just not possible and so I think with a lot of DIY tradition eight is really useful because it is that sweet spot between when do you want to push yourself and invest the time in learning the skill and being kind and humble to yourself and realizing that that's a learning curve. And when is it that you want to just invest the money and hire someone to help you? And the perk of this, I think the perk of Tradition 8 for me is reminding myself that I don't have to be professional in every aspect of my life and that it can help me move toward self-acceptance, self-love, and um, you know, just kindness to myself about where I am and who I am right in this moment. And finally, I'll just mention that I'm thinking about this because my husband, my ex right now, we're separated, he's not, he's not living in the home, but he has checked himself into a medical detox program, and we've been through this before. Um, he went through a rehab program and um, recovery uh, last year. So I'm trying really hard to detach from the outcome and yet be really supportive of him as he's making this really powerful choice. And it's also reminding me about Tradition 8 because for me, when we first started as a family um, dealing with addiction, I still remember my special worker, my therapist, telling me that she's going to keep saying the word rehab to me until I didn't have that look on my face. And I didn't quite register how much I was visually reacting to that word and sort of what it meant and how unwilling I was to, to think about the fact that we needed that, that we needed pro professional help um, and that we were not equipped and I was not equipped to help him with this. Um, and I've come really far on this and I think, you know, Tradition 8 is really key to this recognizing that addiction is something that you need special workers and you need a lot of them, um, especially for someone like uh, my husband who whose addiction got 
to a point where um, it was incredibly serious and impacting every aspect of his life and his health. And so I'm very happy that he's under medical supervision as he is embarking in this process. And I'm trying really hard, as I said, to be supportive of him in a detached way, caring and not necessarily, you know, hoping for an outcome because I recognize how hard his journey is right now that I'm not on it and that the best I can do is cheer from the sidelines um, and not um, expect anything and to let him and the people who are helping him uh, tackle that. My job is to focus on myself and my recovery Um, and there is um, joy in recognizing that I'm not alone either in that, that I can employ my own special workers to help me achieve that goal. So lesson learned. I'm going to be careful with my son's haircuts. Thankfully, he's still talking to me. I'm going to be careful with home repair on vintage sewing machines, and I'm not sure yet about the careless cardigan. It's certainly not careless. I'm definitely overworking it and overthinking it right now, Uh, but I'm trying to enjoy the process and recognize that what I'm investing in, if I'm fixing to this, this third out of the three, if I'm putting my time and energy into that, then it is about becoming a more thoughtful and engaged maker. I have had some successes, so I'll just pop on quickly here to share that as well. My Jeans are a success. I have a pair of Lander shorts and jeans made out of this really fabulous upcycled non-stretch vintage washed denim that is heavy and kind of very 70s looking. And I had this, excuse me, I had this vintage top threading that was just the perfect color. And over the weekend, I, of course, wanted to cut into new projects, but I didn't let myself move ahead until I was finished with each um, of these two sewing projects. And again, there's something about being in for a dime and in for a dollar. So if you're going to make one pair of jeans, you might as well make the shorts and the jeans at the same time. And I'm really, really pleased with them. I'm so pleased with them that I've worn them both days since I finished the shorts. Um, And the jeans are set aside for the fall. So that's really exciting. And I feel like I really got a... You know, a bit ahead on my making, I made something that I'm really, really satisfied with that fits well and that is wearable in my wardrobe. And that, I mean, that's the sewing trifecta, right? So I'm really excited about that and it's really inspired my sojo. So I've already, as a reward, cut myself out three projects. The first is um, a double gauze Charlie caftan, um, which I'm really excited about. I've made the caftan before and it's really wearable and it's this beautiful remnant that I got of Merchant and Mills double gauze in navy so it's going to be super wearable and lovely and I'm really excited about that. I've cut out um, a a, a blue box top blue blue box dress in this pink cotton that I got as a remnant in the sale so I'm really excited about that. Again I've made the blue box dress before. I think it's going to be a really nice palette cleanser. Um, I really like it. I don't wear it as a dress. I usually wear it as a really long tunic style top but it really is that like I'm going to be such a cliche but that lady professor look of uh, a kind of um, tunicky flowy top 
And finally, I was one of the lucky members who was able to download the Elizabeth Suzanne by Me patterns. Um, I know that's closed now, but I got that file, and so I'm working on a muslin. I cut out muslin um, fabric to check the fit of the Clyde pants. So um, I'm giving myself a little bit of a sew vacation this week to, to go through these projects, partly because as a, a professor August is ramping back up to back to school, and so I very much need to focus my attention on that. So this is my <laughs> reward to myself, um, especially since the sojo is present, so I'm going to make hay while the sun shines. Thank you for listening. I am so delighted that you're here. I hope that you and your family are well in this time. And uh, again, I will check in with you soon. I hope you have beautiful materials to work with and that you're inspired to do so. Take care. <laughs>